It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Logan Couture wins it in overtime. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. Yeah, this year, and we even jump. I think in second LA, you know, they have seven shows. We have already 20. We dominate the game and. We just let them in, you know. It's nothing they did different. We just let them in and they scored two quick goals, you know, because it was three and twos and we just let them play because they that time they have nothing and and after we kinda and we fall apart and and third was, you know, like tough to watch, you know, and and just can't happen anymore. Forever happen for for us. We have to uh, they can be quick enough for anybody, you know, we have to fight for each other you know because every day we everybody fighting for something here and and it's tough you know after first you feel great and and you end up like like that it's, it's just gonna happen all right good morning everyone that is a game that we are all hoping to forget just as quickly as the Sharks players themselves forget it. I don't think it is some sort of a rock bottom point. I don't think it is the last bad loss of what we will see throughout the remainder of the season. I think it is just a mark of where this team is right now. They have been bruised and battered and beaten up at home all year long. You combine that with the fact that they are not as talented as they were one week ago. You come to the realization that pride and grit only take you so far. And that's not to say that they shouldn't play with pride or they don't need to have grit in their game. They need all of these things, but I think you have to look around and read the room of what's going on with all these guys. They have been fighting very, very hard all year long. If there's one consistency, it's that even in light of that fight, they've not had many of the breaks go their way. When you combine the fact that they have not had a lot of those breaks go their way with all the things that have been happening with the team, with the fact that they've seen high-quality players traded away, The end result is that it feels like they're always battling uphill. And beyond the uphill battle, they know that things aren't going their direction. They know that they're not vying for a playoff spot. They know they're going up against a team that is, you know, with a lot more to fight for. And it's just, it's a lot. And sometimes these games can get away from you. And I think that for a second straight game after or just right around the deadline, we have seen them put forth a really, really high quality effort for the first 20 minutes of hockey only to see it come crashing down. And I think that there's just at this point, at this specific moment in time, not a whole lot left in the tank because it's been an emotional week. It has been something that's hanging over everyone's head. I am sure the guys are tired. I am sure they are frustrated. I am sure that they are dealing with a lot that's going on in their own mental headspace. And, you know, it takes a toll. These guys are humans after all. And we heard the first acknowledgement of David Quinn the other night, Thursday night, after a very similar loss in which they went up 2 nothing, only to, you know, completely fall apart in the second period. And yesterday got a little bit worse. But, you know, it's 
That's how it goes. They were also playing a better team yesterday than they were on Thursday night. But ultimately, they have to double down and play with that much more pride. Ultimately, they have to have that much more grit. And I think that's the trouble is that, you know, when you don't have the same type of motivations, when the breaks haven't gone your way, when you know you're not playing for anything in particular and your team is not in a position to make it to the postseason, not in a position to build for the here and now, it's all about the future. Like, there are psychological tolls to that. And I think it makes it that much harder in certain situations to reach deep and stop the bleeding and play that much better. I think it just kind of feels like it's all piling on. Hopefully, just because these two games that have had similar performance have been the day before and the day after the deadline, it's something that we do not see much of going forward. And I do have a lot of faith in the Sharks that they will be able to get things turned around when they go out on the road here for three and they will put forth Uh, ultimately better performances just because I think that these guys all have too much pride. And I think that when you get to the core of what, you know, professional athletes want in the least fashion, and that's to be embarrassed. And I think there is a a relative embarrassing amount of what's happened over the last two games. They've given up, you know, 14 goals and for two straight games, they've gone up two nothing only to relinquish four straight goals. And then they obviously gave up another four in the third period yesterday, falling by the final of eight to three. But you know, that's that's not something that anybody wants to be on the wrong end of. And, you know, you get outscored 14-6 to six on aggregate over two games. I know this isn't soccer, but you do look at that and think to yourself, man, there is, there is something going on here, and it's up to them to fix it. I mean, nobody's coming to rescue this team right now. It doesn't matter how many points Eric Carlson gets. It doesn't matter what William Eklund does to look good and or not look good, and I'm not trying to take anything away from Carlson or from, you know, uh, William Eklund or from... Logan Couture or from whoever, because I think that there is a lot of good effort in individual moments we're seeing out there on the ice, but it's just like nothing is going to save this team. Ultimately, they have to be the ones that save themselves from themselves. After the game, the question was asked of whether or not they need to have a team meeting with Logan Couture. And, you know, I don't know if a team meeting is going to do that much at this point, because if the if the last two games aren't the wake up call, I don't know what a team meeting is suddenly going to do to make these guys realize that they have to play that much more of a complete game of hockey, that it's not enough to go up by two in the first period. They've got to play the rest of the game. And, you know, maybe it does take something just for a team meeting for the guys to say, you know, not necessarily the rah-rah type speech, but just like, hey, this is going to be tough. This is going to be a grind to the finish, and we need to be ready for everything that's going to happen here on out so that we don't continue to put up performances that are relatively embarrassing. And I know that's easy for me to say, right? But, you know, something in terms of their performance on the ice has to change just because it is so painful in the sense that you you don't want to ever be in a situation where you're losing 6-3 and 8-3. To have those types of losses back-to-back, that should be a wake-up call in and of itself. Now, that doesn't mean all of yesterday was negative. Um, and I know that David Quinn said that he was embarrassed after getting ejected and, you know, cursing out the referees. But you know what? I think there's a couple things at play. I think there were frustrations of some non-calls. I know that they talked about the Logan Couture call in particular, uh, but I know that Alexander Barbanov earlier in that game was not too happy about uh, a lack of a call because he thought he got you know clipped up in the, in the head too. So I think that those were two missed calls, and I think that for head coach David Quinn, at that point it's a 4-2 game when he is getting ejected, and he's probably just trying to do something to breathe life into his team. And I know it's not the same as the NBA you know, where you see coaches get ejected much more often. But I think for Quinn, he probably saw the writing on the wall, saw the way it was going, got ticked off by the call, was probably upset that he felt that his team efforts were being undermined. 
and maybe at the same time decided to show his frustration as a message to the rest of the team of being like, I'm this angry. Why aren't you this angry? Why aren't you displaying this type of emotion? And I don't think that the Sharks need to go out there and be that emotion filled with the officiating in and of itself. But I do think that at that point, you maybe wanted to see a little bit more fire on the ice because you did see a little bit of that head hanging after they had given up goals in the previous period. It was like they could feel it coming, like they knew as soon as they started giving up those goals that it was going to be problematic. And, you know, it's something that every coach has got to decide when they're going to play that card. And I think that for for Quinn, he felt like he had seen enough from the officiating from his team, from everything up to that point, and wanted to, you know, release some of that steam. And so that happens at times. It's been a while since an NHL coach has been ejected, but hey, you know, if anybody's going to lose it at this point, I think David Quinn has a lot to be ticked off about, and that's just how it goes sometimes. And I don't think it's some grand embarrassment for him. I don't think it's some grand embarrassment for the franchise. I'm sure Quinn in the moment was a little bit like, yeah, maybe I went a little bit too strong there. And yes, one of the officials was missing from the ice, and it was a shorthanded crew. But, you know, again, I think there's multiple factors going on into why David Quinn wanted to let that flag fly at that moment, and I can't really hold it against him. Sometimes, you know, it may not be the best look overall, but you've got to let your team know how displeased you are because A, it shows that you care. B, it shows you're displeased. C, you're also standing up for your team and showing that you're not happy with the calls that are happening and or not happening out there on the ice. So a lot of things going on in that in that realm, but it was not... You know, it happens. I'm not too worried about it, and I'm sure David Quinn will learn from this as he seems to be the type of an individual that does learn from these instances and then move on. And I think the team's got to do a better job of moving on from goals, and I brought up that head hanging. It was something that Tomas Hurdle was asked about after the game, and we'll get into it on the other side with a little bit more of the post-game reaction. But I do think that they just need to be that much more able to forget the last bad play and try and be better in the next instance. For the last two games, that has been something very, very uninspiring of them that, you know, they have had these two goal leads disappear into 4-2 deficits. And you saw that by the end of those second periods, there was a little bit of a woe is me type mentality. And not that it isn't relatively understanding, you know, acknowledging these are human beings and they're probably frustrated and ticked off. But instead of the head hanging, I would like to see a little bit more of the fire and the pushback and the uh, overall sandpaper in their game to borrow a an expression from uh, Bob Bugner. You know, I think that's got to be more the reaction. Like, instead of being demoralized, get pissed off. You know, get that much more angry about what's happening on the ice and see if you need to go, you know, blow somebody up and lay a big hit and, you know, get your team fired up. And I know that it gets difficult now that you're outside of that postseason picture and things have not been going your way. But at the same time, like, you got to do something like you got to find a way to fire up your team and a fight isn't always going to do it and a hit's not going to do it. You know, sometimes you've got to go out there and fire yourself up, you know, in your own individualistic way. And if one player gets fired up, you hope that can fire up the rest of the team. You know, guys do let the emotion from one player snowball to another and that can happen in both directions. It can be in the head hanging type way and it can be in the fired up. Let's go out and, you know, be pissed off and try and get ourselves back in this game. And I know it's difficult because this season is not going anywhere. Like there's nothing that we are looking at in particular where we're going to say, okay, here's what they're playing for. Here's what they're fighting for. No one wants to be told that, you know, they're now in the, in the fight for the top draft pick or the worst record. Like that's the last thing that these guys want to play for. So it's, it's going to be a difficult finish to the year. I am not trying to deny it, but at the same time, there's a difficult finish and there's games like the last two. 
And the last two, I think, are, are types that everybody out there on the ice would like to avoid. Now, we did get a look at William Eklund yesterday. He was far from perfect, but I think there were some moments that he did impress. And I think one of the things that impressed me the most is just that his overall mentality is such that he's confident. He wants the puck. Um, yeah, he still showed that slippery aspect where he's able to most of the time avoid the big hit from the opposition. And there were a couple times yesterday where he did take um, some body action. But at the same time, I think his vision is world-class. I think he sees things on the ice very, very well. And even when he does flub a moment, he healed a pass um, from Carlson. And there was another moment where he kind of lost the puck. But it's like he wanted the puck right after those instances. Even though he had bad moments, he was right there ready to go back at the opposition. And that's something that I love. Like that's the, uh, that's the way that you've got to go out there and play in these instances where if things aren't going your way, make things go for your way. Call for the puck. Try and get that shot off. Try and make that pass. And, you know, for William Eklund, again, I do think the sky is the limit. I think that, you know, he's still going to get bigger and fill out as a guy. You know, he's barely 20 years old now. I think that what we've seen from him, you know, in the small sample size that we've seen at the NHL level shows that he is an NHL player. And I think that what we see from him in the next however many games that he's up, you know, I think that you should not expect him to be a superstar But I do think the passes he makes, the ways that he feeds guys, the way that he sees guys. There was another play early in the game where he just kind of held up just a little bit just to create some space. Like that awareness of the the timing and the rhythm of the game, that's hard to learn. And he has it already at such a young age. It does make me very, very excited for what he is going to do next. And, you know, again, I'm not expecting him to be a star right away, but I do think he has the potential to be a very, very good player in the NHL. And that's exactly what you want to see. Like, you want to see that type of player with that type of performance. And again, he registered another point in yesterday's game. I want to say that is now five points in 10 NHL games played. For someone as relatively inexperienced as he is, I think that is a very, very good thing to see. Also, you know, on the power play, I thought he looked very comfortable out there. A lot of guys, they do not have... Um, that overall calmness that you always need on the power play. And I thought that he showed that in spades. He wasn't always perfect, but I think the fact that he knows how to handle himself, he is so calm, his vision is so on point, uh, that was very, very exciting for me to see, and I hope it's something that we see more and more of going forward. And, you know, everything's changing right now with the team and the power play and the units, and, you know, it's been a little bit weird as of late. But, you know, again, I, I think a really big, big thing to see is how calm he looks in pressure-packed situations. And that's exactly what you want to see from someone as young as him and from someone relatively inexperienced as he is. And then Eric Carlson. I know that we have been saying it over and over and over for the past 63 games, but it's hard not to be pretty amazed at what he is doing in the National Hockey League this year. He is already at 80 points. You know, that is something that is absolutely ridiculous And to watch the way he's played this year, the way that he's registering points, you know, even on a team now, which is in a very bad situation, like we're going to be talking about this season for a long, long time, right? Like this is going to be one of those moments where we say, yeah, in the midst of what was a really tough situation, Eric Carlson refound his game, was able to give life to his career and his contract in a way that I don't know that anyone particularly saw coming. And once again, looks like one of the premier, if not the premier defensemen in the league. He is doing things that I am continually amazed with and impressed with. And just to watch him play this way, it's it's like this. You never knew that Eric Carlson was going to refine his game 
but you had hope. You had hope that he would be able to get back to you know the player that we saw before, and now he's back that way and even better, and it is really fun to watch. And in the midst of, again, what's been a difficult season, watching Eric Carlson do the things that he's been doing out there on the ice, it is fun, it's exciting, and in a point in the season when there's not a lot to look forward to, I did like what we saw from Eric Carlson last night and, again, over the last 63 games. We are going to take a break. On the other side, we are going to get into some post-game reaction. You're on Morning Tide on the Sharks Audio Network. That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open an ice-cold Coors Light and chill. Take the afternoon off and binge watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting anyways? Or hang out with just your dog, because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Welcome back to Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Yeah, uh, we have to always forget right away whatever happened. I have to go back back to the play because, you know, we dominate the game. They score one, and, and we kind of... Okay, what now? You know, everybody, because the season was so hard for us, we've been winning so many games and just fall apart last minutes and stuff. And and I feel like it's it's just in us. But we have to just keep keep playing same way. And if we play same way, we will win some hockey games. But we just stop doing what we did at first. We we've been hard. We've been physical. We play hard in D zone. And and one goal or a couple of. Sm- not smart decision, just always change the momentum and change the game for us. Welcome back. That is Tomas Hurdle expressing uh, his thoughts about the Sharks and a little bit of a hang-their-head mentality that we have seen over the past couple of games and then especially in the uh, second and third periods of those games where it just kind of added on. And, you know, that's something the team has to deal with. They have to be able to forget these bad moments and move on and focus on the next part of their game. And, again, I know that's easier for me to say as a, as a bystander, as watching the game from the outside, but you know it's not going to get any easier from this point of the year on. There are going to be more moments where they are going to be tested as they have lost talent from where they were you know, just about a month ago since the, the trade started being made, and you know that's something they have to deal with. They have dealt with adversity pretty well all year long, and they've been able to respond, but now it becomes a little bit different because they don't have as many pieces that will allow them to respond. They don't have as many guys on their side that can help them fight back at big moments and get back into games. And that is something that they have to be aware of, that it's going to make life difficult for them. And it is not uh, it is not going to be easy. Again, I know that sounds like it's obvious, but it's, it's the fact that they're going to be facing more and more of these difficult situations going forward. So that's where their head has got to be. It's not about you know, being sad over what just happened. It's being ready to bounce back to try and get yourself back into a game. A little bit more from Hurdle. This is what he thought about William Eklund. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, we played all last year, you know, all nine games together because before he get to the back Europe. And, you know, he's a smart player. He's skilled. And and I think we have a couple of good looks. And and we have to just keep working. But, you know, he got a lot of skill. And, and but, you know, still we have to work together and, you know, getting better every game. 
I'm sure if you'd gotten Hurdle after a better or less uh, frustrating game, which they had not gotten blown out 8-3, to three, you probably would have had more of an uh, extensive answer from him with regards to what he had seen from Eklund and what he thought Eklund was capable of. But I still think that you know Hurdle was complimentary of him for a reason. And again, he probably doesn't want to be over-complimentary to try and build him up too much or put too much pressure on him. But I think that you know he gave a very accurate answer. I think it's just in the circumstances, it probably wasn't where his head is. This was an interesting one as Hurdle was then asked what the team can do to improve from now throughout the remainder of the season, you know, in terms of pride, in terms of playing to the finish, the full 60 minutes in what is sure to be difficult circumstances. Yeah, we have to just play hard, you know, for each other, you know, everybody, team sport, we, every night we're playing for each other, you know, everybody fighting for something and, and, and you know, everybody fighting for a contract for who, who don't have it for next year or Guys has to fight for the spy, you know, because after deadline, you know, they can be, uh, you know, some young guys coming, who knows, and, and you have to fight for the spy every game, but we have to fight for our fans, you know, and and that's, that's the hardest because I want to fight for the fans even at this time because they're still coming, they cheer for us, you know, and 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 they're great, you know, especially like me to here, and, and you want to still win hockey games or at least... Even if you lose, you have to be like, okay, we put everything there. We just couldn't win, but not like that. That's that's just it's too many times now. Hurdle is a team leader, and he knows that his play hasn't been good enough, and he knows that he has to make it that much better going forward because the Sharks are relying on him and what is going to be a, a difficult situation. And I think that they all have to look at themselves and they all have to look at each other and figure out how they are going to make this that much more um well, let's call it less painful because uh, it's not going to be easy, as I continue to say from here on out throughout the remainder of the season. I think that's very easy to see based on what we've seen over the last couple of games. Now, is it always going to be this bad? No, but they all have to look at each other. They all have to you know, look at it man-to-man, player-to-player, teammate-to-teammate, and decide that they're not going to be in these situations going forward, that they are going to have a better outcome. And that is something that is not going to be easy to do, but... They do not want to be on these sides of results going forward. They do not want to be the team that is getting blown out by a final of 8-3 to or 6-3, to especially not in consecutive games. And, you know, pride has to play a big, big factor here. And that is easy to say, but all these guys have to look inward and ask themselves if they want to be on the wrong end of... 8-3 losses and 6-3 losses and want that associated with their name and their career. They don't want the fans seeing these. They don't want to be, again, a part of games like these in any way, shape, or form. And again, I acknowledge that over the past two games, being right around the trade deadline, there has been a lot going on. There's been a lot that's going to distract them. There's been a lot that's going to keep them away from their game. And that is that is not easy. That is something that they all have to deal with in their own individual way. But, you know, now it's the opportunity for them to come together as a team and hopefully look back at this as I, you know, reference what we saw from the Sharks in their second year from existence and the way they were able to bounce back the next year with some key additions. But, you know, remembering how bad it has been is a good motivation of how you can go forward in these difficult circumstances. And there's been a number of teams in professional sports where players went through the bad times 
never wanted to revisit them, and it was that much more of a motivation to get to the good times. And then there are players like Logan Couture and Tomas Hurdle who know exactly what it's like to be in the good times and want to get back to that. They've played in conference championships and Stanley Cup finals. They know what it's like to be playing in those big games and those big moments where the tank is packed or you're in enemy territory on the road in the postseason and just how big the moment feels and how much fun that is compared to the alternative of what we're seeing right now. Losses where you're, you know, again, you've given up 14 goals in the last two games. You've only given up six. You've been more than doubled up in that instance. And it's not like you're getting outscored you know, four goals to your own two, it is, it's a lot worse than that. You know, 16 goals given up in two games. No one is going to be happy with that in the slightest. Now, the one bright spot yesterday, maybe not in terms of his overall performance, because no one was particularly bright yesterday, but, you know, William Eklund did come up, had another point, looked comfortable out there on the ice. Um, I think that given the circumstances, he was not more long-winded in terms of uh, his performance on the ice, but he was asked, you know, what his hopes are for this opportunity that he is currently getting. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I got I to gotta show it every day, you know, come here and, you know, put a great attitude and... And just try to be be better. You know that's that's all I can do uh, to always compete and always trying to get better. So uh, that's what I'm gonna do every day. And as cliche as it sounds, that is the best attitude. Like he does have to do what he has to do to show that he belongs, to improve, to try and get better. And I think that in terms of a learning curve for young players, they do have to look at what is presented to them on the ice and be that much better. And I think that's what the coaches will be looking for. Is he making adjustments game to game to be that much better and that much more impactful on the ice? I mean, I know that's what. I will be looking for because those game to game adjustments from young players, you know, are they adjusting to the league or is the league adjusting to them? Because it's the guys who continually make adjustments to where the league can't catch up or to where they're just so talented that the the league can't catch up. You know, those are the guys that have the long careers and even a Tomas hurdle, you know, the league made some adjustments to him, but he's always been able to come through with bigger performances and hurdle. Obviously is having some issues this year, but I think it is not a long-term issue. However, you know, I'm sure Hurdle is looking at things that he's not doing to his liking and figuring out how he can improve upon them. So, you know, again, Hurdle was able to come in and take the league by storm. He was a little bit of a bigger body, a little bit more of a complete player at that point. But again, the league did make adjustments. It's not like he's scoring four goals every night, but he continued to refine his game to the point where there weren't adjustments that could be made. This was just going to be his level of ability that we see in the NHL. That is what William Eklund has to do going forward. Let's get into some post-game commentary from head coach David Quinn. Obviously, this was after he was ejected. He was not happy with his team. He was not happy with himself. Uh, there were a lot of things going on. He was talked about if the team will be able to refocus going back out onto the road after what we've seen in these last couple of games. Yeah, well, we've got to get refocused to play 60 instead of 30. You know, I mean, you look up at that scoreboard with 10 minutes to go in the second period. You've got 27 shots, they have seven, and it's a. I really like what was going on, and you know, unfortunately, we just kind of, things unraveled. And it's unfortunate because I really liked our approach to the game. I thought we played a really good first period. I thought it continued throughout the second. And then it just got away from us. He was also asked about his thoughts on William Eklund. I liked his game. I thought he played with energy. I thought he played with passion. Uh, I liked a lot about his game. 
And yeah, Quinn isn't going to uh, be too effusive in his commentary because he doesn't want to make William feel too comfortable up at this level. But, you know, I think he gave him a compliment there. He was, you know, pleased with the way he played. And I think that's just the best thing that William Eklund can do is make sure that the coaches see his efforts, see his passion, see his desire to be out there. You know, you put a point on the board that doesn't hurt either. He also looked comfortable on the power play. And that's just how it goes. You know, that's that's what you need to see from a young player does he want to be here? Does he want to prove himself? Does he expect to be here? I think William Eklund um, you know, played like a guy who was showing his desire to be out there on the ice at the NHL level, and that's what Quinn and Mike Greer are looking for. You know, Show me that you want it. Show me that you deserve to be here. Show me how much this means to you. Uh, more from Quinn talking about you know, whether or not this was a boil over or the frustration of the season. No, no, I'm embarrassed. You, know, you should never act like that as a coach. And I want to apologize to our team. And uh, that's not how I certainly want to act. And it's an emotional game. And you know, these refs work hard. They do a good job. And you know, it's it's something that uh, should never happen. So I'm embarrassed by that. And you know, something that uh, I can't promise you it won't happen again because <laughs> it does get emotional. But I will do everything I can to make sure that doesn't happen again. Yeah, and I think he owned it. I think it's understandable to see that coaches do get frustrated from time to time. You understand the moments. You understand the tensions. You understand the pressures of the job. And in this instance, this was just where he was. And it was an instant where his team was collapsing once again, and he was going to have his say about it. And again, like I said earlier, there were multiple things going on. He's letting his team... You know, know that he's pissed off. He's hoping to see something similar in a reaction from his team. He's letting the refs know he didn't like the call and he's standing up for his team. And again, I'm sure that, you know, he wishes that he hadn't been maybe so effusive in his F-bombs. But at the same time, you know, sometimes you got to you gotta do that as a coach. You got to go out there and make it about yourself and see if the team can see that reaction and see if you can put yourself in a, bitter, a better ability to respond. Um, but now, you know, the Sharks go out onto the road and hopefully this is something that we'll be able to kind of rally around each other with and put forth a better performance. You know, you're at Winnipeg, you're at Colorado, you're at St. Louis. It's not the easiest schedule in the world. It's not the hardest either, but you know, it's a moment where the Sharks are again, finding themselves tested and they have got to be able to step up to the moment in these instances and, uh, easier said than done. But you know, I am hoping for a big, big rebound of, after what we've seen from these last two games, because they have not been easy they have not been what we have expected and they have not been um, really in line with the efforts that we've seen from the Sharks all year long so that is what I am hoping for and hopefully that's what we'll get because you know it's not fun watching them lose 6-3 and 8-3 I think we can all agree with that especially in games where they jump out and they play good first periods it's like you see that it's there but there's a lot weighing on these guys minds and shoulders right now Let's hope these last two games got it out of their system that they're able to rebound and come forward with much better performances in these next three. All right, we are out of time. I will see you all on Monday afternoon with the buildup for the San Jose Sharks. I'm Ted Ramey signing off. You've been listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network.